I'm on the track. You know how we do it, man. Oh, boy, CHP, see the phenol. Hey, you. Some college football. We're gonna get into the whole Chad Kelly incident, and also much, much more. 
But first off, we're going to get started with the daily devotional. And this one is a good one. This is from our friends at In Touch Ministries. Um, this one is uh, from Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 9. And this is a good one, so I want everybody to listen up. Now, Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked for letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, both men and women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he was tra- as he was traveling, it happened that he was approaching Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him, and he fell to the ground, and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But get up and enter the city, and it will be told you what must you do. The men who traveled with him stood speechless, hearing the voice but seeing no one. Saul got up from the ground, and though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. And leading him by the hand, they brought him to Damascus. And he was... Three days without sight, and neither ate nor drank. Listen to this. We never enjoy illness or affliction. After all, what could possibly result from our ailments? God would never allow us to get sick for any reason, would he? The answer, surprisingly, is yes. Suffering is one of the consequences of living in a fallen world. So we shouldn't be surprised if we, when it comes our way, if or when it comes our way. However, God can use it to get our attention. If illness is what it takes for for us to refocus on him, that's exactly what he will allow to happen. Think about the Apostle Paul. When we hear his name, we recall the missionary who spread the gospel during the first century. But this wasn't always the case. When we were first introduced to him, he is known as Saul, Christianity's enemy. So how did God get Saul's attention? The Acts account explains that the Lord appeared in a brilliant flash of light. In a brilliant flash of light that only Saul could see. After revealing himself, Jesus left Saul completely blind. The enemy of the church was now brought low, having to be led into town by hand, completely at the mercy of others. Completely at the mercy of others. Hmm. What went through Saul's mind during those three days of blindness? No doubt he was focused on one thing, Christ. By removing his sight, God took away all the stretches during this vital time in this man's life. God's primary goal is our ultimate good, not our comfort or short-term happiness. He wants what is best for us in the light of eternity. At times, that means that he'll lie flat on our, lay us flat on our backs for a season. If you experience such hardship, do pray for healing, but also pray for discern his message to you in your sickness. Man. That, that's some heavy, heavy stuff right there. 
And I want people to understand this. We may take things for granted at times. We may take things at face value. But it it does behoove me to think that maybe God does have a maybe God does have a purpose for us all. You know, that's all we need to that's all we need to have, that's all we need to know. We don't need the question, we just know. And when he brings it to to us, he's gonna bring it to us. That's just the way that goes. But we're gonna take a quick station break. We're gonna jump into week seven and we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna talk about this whole situation with Mr. Chad Kelly. Y'all stay tuned.
Welcome back to the Boston Tailgate Crew. My name is Jermaine. The main event is in the building. And that was an, an incident that happened last night that I want to talk about before we even talk about football. And it involves Ole Miss quarterback Chad Kelly. Um, going back home during the off week uh, for Ole Miss, they don't play again till till next week. Um, he went home to watch his brother um, play for St. Joseph's Collegiate Institute, and they played against a big. They played a big rivalry game against Bishop Timmons St. Jude High School in the Buffalo area, and this is a big rivalry game in in in, in Western New York. And if anybody knows football in Western New York, and anybody knows football in in that area, those are probably the two best schools in that area for football, and. An incident happened on the sidelines where uh, Casey Kelly, who is uh, Chad Kelly's little brother, um, was tackled out of bounds. And he was then, after he was tackled out of bounds, he was hit late out of bounds. And a brawl ensued. Chad Kelly, at this point, ran on the field. Restrained by coaches, by players, by principals, by police, and was walked back to, to his sidelines. Now, um, according to reports, uh, Hugh Freeze had talked to him and by phone after the game said that he was back home with his parents. And from what I saw on videotape and what we saw, saw on videotape, he was nowhere near the situation. He was across the field. But the fact that he walked onto the field makes me really wonder what he was thinking. I mean, I understand family is family, but when you're a high-profile football player, you're also the nephew of, of, of one of the best quarterbacks in in history of football. There's some There's certain things that you have to tone down. There's certain things that you just have to think about doing before you do it because – it ultimately makes you look real dumb. And in this situation, I understand. I understand you you're you're looking after your you're looking after your brother. But in this age of social media, there's too many cameras, there's too many people that will misconstrue your actions. So my my advice to those who are in that recruiting phase who are in that in that phase where everybody has an eye on you to see what you do and and how you do it think about what you do before you do it think about what you say before you say it because if you don't that gets you in a whole lot of trouble that's all i have to say about that now on to the on to the next thing <laughs> I had so much fun last night and in watching high school football around not only around the state of not around this state of Georgia, but around the state of Texas, around I mean just around around the nation. And I watched a lot of football and I wanna say it like this. The game I saw last night between McKeeshan and North Cobb was probably one of the most well-played games 
of the night. If you take away the sloppiness and all that, it had a whole bunch of drama. It had a whole bunch of, of everything that was involved. And Bailey Hockman had a somewhat great game. But the story of that game was Chandler Wooten, uh, the Auburn commit four-star linebacker, had an excellent game, had over 10 tackles, had a, had a sack. He is just – he is a, a beast right now. And I want people to understand that when you look at McKeesha and you look at North Carolina, these are the two teams that are going to make the playoffs out of Region 3-7A in the state of Georgia. And they're gonna be a, they're gonna be a school to be reckoned with. So I'm just gonna put it out there and put it out there like this. Got some really good teams in, in the state of Georgia. Are they better than the teams in Texas or Florida and all this? That's yet to be seen. I mean, some of these some of these teams will play other teams out of state next year um, in the state of Texas. So you know, stay tuned for those. We'll talk about that later. Now, getting back to college football last night. Clemson played last night. Clemson dominated uh, BC to the tune of 56 points and uh, beat him like a drum. Deshaun Watson had a great game, four touchdowns passing over 200 yards, uh, four passing touchdowns over 200 yards passing. Um, pretty pedestrian day for him. They go 6-0. and Is Clemson going to make it back into the playoffs? I, I really think so. Boise State going to make it back into a bowl of six? I really think so. Boise won last night. They put up a 49 points on on uh, New Mexico last night. I actually watched the tail end of that game. Um, so there's a lot of good things happening Thursday night, Friday night, and even into today. The the, the game that, that, uh, that really intrigues me a lot is we're just going to jump right into it. I mean, Texas, Oklahoma, 11 a.m. Fox, uh, Fox Sports One. This is this is a fun game to watch because six of the last eight games have been won by Texas, and for the third consecutive year, well, the fourth consecutive year, they're double-digit underdogs. Charlie Strong is two and zero against is two and one against against Oklahoma. A third win could save his job. And the thing about the thing about Charlie Strong is this: he's in the, on immense pressure. And a lot of people are saying, "Hey, this is a guy who may who may be getting fired." This, that, the other. Red McCombs has come out and said that you know, hey, maybe he's not the right fit for us. Y'all said that about Matt Brown when y'all when y'all got Matt Brown. Y'all said that about John McAvick when when John McAvick was there. You said that about. You said that about other coaches when they got there. Charlie Strong is the best fit for this team. And I'll tell you why he's the best fit for this team. He's a disciplinarian. He's winked everything out that was negative. He's got people to buy into the system in year in year four. Sorry, year three. This this is a team that really if you ask me, the two and two record is not indicative of what, excuse me, of what Charlie Strong has done. Charlie Strong has brought in something that hasn't you haven't seen in a long time. 
That's discipline out of Texas. That's passion from the fans. He's got a quarterback, a true freshman quarterback, that is probably going to be a record-setting quarterback. And nobody really looks at that. They're looking at the coaching staff. He brought in a great offensive coordinator. He developed Vance Bedford for two reasons. There was no production. There was no turnovers. There was no takeaways. When you give up 40 points to three of your four opponents this season, there's a problem. And a lot of people say, oh, this is a crisis now. This is a crisis at, at Texas. This is not a crisis. This is something that needs to happen. This is this is an adjustment that needs to happen. And it happened. Now, people are are just taking the the bull by the horns or in this case taking the steer by the horns and trying to run with something that they shouldn't run with. I for one I like Charlie Strong. I've always liked Charlie Strong. I've, I've liked Charlie Strong. He was the defensive coordinator at Florida. I liked Charlie Strong when he was at Louisville. He was given a chance at Louisville. Nobody's really giving him a chance at Texas. Nobody. And it's not, it's not cool. I mean, he deserves that chance to get it right. That's all you had. You know, he got. He, you can't fire a guy for three years. That's when his first recruiting class is like upperclassmen, sophomores, juniors. You can't fire a guy in three years and, and act like things are going to change in, in three years. It's just not happening. I mean, if you do fire him, that covers not unfair because he's got recruits coming in. Next year and the year after, they're really, really good. He's recruited the state of Texas great. He's recruited the whole southeast, uh, southwest area great. He's got kids coming in from Louisiana that he took from LSU. This is this is something that people need to understand. Just because they're they're down right now, they're number they're the fifth they're the fifth school. In, in the state, you can't discount what Texas does. Texas is always going to be your flagship school. Texas will always be that school that, that people want to go to. And that's just, that's just it. As for Oklahoma, Oklahoma's got other problems. They're still looking for those receivers that Baker Mayfield can throw to. They're still looking for that go-to guy receiver. And you look at other, you look at look at these schools. I, I for one, I'm just thinking, what what could possibly go on at both of these schools? Both of these schools are two and two. Bob Stoops is in his 18th year. Everybody's talking about. Well, it may be time for Bob Stoops to go. 
Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? This guy has won almost 200 games in 18 years. He's brought you seven league championships. He's brought you a national championship. He's won a national championship since 2000, but he's always in the mix. He's had he's been in the national championship game four different times. He's won in three in the national championship game. What does that tell you about? What does that tell you about the state of uh, state of college football? There's too many. I mean, Desmond Howard said it best a few weeks ago, and he even said it this morning on, on college game day. There's too many chefs in the kitchen. These boosters, they think that money talks. And the sad thing about it is, is that's the way it really is. But when you have coaches the quality of Bob Stoops and Charlie Strong who are constantly being ridiculed, being a quote-unquote a modern-day I don't want to use the word martyrs because I sound like Rush Limbaugh when I say that. That's not what I mean at all. Because you're the head coach, you take a lot of responsibility on. And Bob Stoops is going to be Bob Stoops. He's going to let his offense run his offense. He's going to let his offense coordinator run his offense. He's going to let his brother run the defense. This is a good game. And this is one of those games where Texas needs to strike while the iron's hot. They're coming off a loss where the defense played absolutely wonderful. The offense played absolutely wonderful. If the offense could have gotten some help from the defense, Oklahoma State would have been out of that game. Oklahoma State would have lost. This is a time this is a prime time for for Charlie Strong to take over this defense. Vance Bedford's going to coach the outside linebacker. I like Texas in this game. Not because of not because of what's going on in the game, the outside works of this game, but I just think that Texas, they've got a lot to prove. They've got a lot to, to, to learn. They've got a lot to They've got more of a chance to prove something than anybody else does in in this game. That's why I like Texas. Texas gets the running game going. Shane Bouchel becomes becomes that more dangerous, that that much more dangerous. So my J. and on the opposite side, so my J. Piron gets the running game, gets himself going in the running game, and you look at what Baker Mayfield can do for you. This is scary. This is a scary game. And the winner of this game can either make themselves one step closer to a big bowl, make that stretch run for them very, very, very important, or they drop off to the wayside and we see what happens at the end of the season with some of these coaches. But I like Texas in this game. They're sixteen point underdog again, like they were, like they were two years ago. This is a team that can they can play, and I think that they will win this game because their backs their backs 
to the wall right now. I like Texas in this game if they can get the special teams worked out. Three blocks, extra points. That came into an 18-point win. You had a missed field goal and three, point, three extra points blocked. That's six points. I mean, that can't happen. That can't happen. So, I like Texas. They're they're on the ropes. And if Texas can get the defense right, they will. They will win this game. The secondary for Oklahoma, I don't think is as strong as it as it has been in in a few. As it has been in past seasons. Excuse me. Baker Mayfield doesn't have the playmakers on the outside like he used to anymore. Which is which is not a it's sort of a bad thing. I really, really like I really like what I see out of out of Oklahoma as well. But I just I just think Texas is gonna win just because they're back against the wall. And they always rise to the occasion when when Charlie Strong back is against the wall. They always do that. So that's why I that's why I picked Texas in this game. You know, other games in, in uh, twelve o'clock games, you know, Auburn Mississippi State is moving from SEC network to ESPN. Um and I think that I think that this is a, a litmus test of immense proportions for Auburn. Won two games. They won. They won games and they put points on the board. Now, what is important for Auburn in this game is this: they have to continue to put. They have to continue to make. Plays happen on the offensive side of the ball. The defense is the defense is looking really good right now. Kevin Steele has got that defense playing the way he wants them to play. He's got them. He's got them in a place where nothing can nothing can go wrong. Now we look at we look at Mississippi State. The Dak Prescott struggle, you know, the post Dak Scott broke, blah, 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 blah. The post Dak Prescott era of Mississippi State football is upon us. And you're starting to see them kind of find their way a little bit. They need to find a quarterback that, that will help. That can that can get them over the hump. I think they found two of them, and I really like Mississippi State. I think they're a year or so away, but the way that Auburn played last week, Sean White. I mean, I know it's against it's against inferior opponent Louisiana Monroe, but the way that Sean White played, the way that that, that John Franklin the Third played. You just saw a lot of confidence, especially after the especially after the LSU win, where 
there easily could have been three touchdowns on the board instead of three field goals. There easily could have been there easily could have been touchdowns the LA for LSU. But this great defense of, of Auburn and double with great kicking game and, and a pretty good and, and, and two pretty good quarterbacks. This makes Auburn very strong. This makes Auburn look really good in a sense. Can we keep that can they sustain that that level, that upward level? Can they can they obtain that? I think they can. Sean White is doing very well. He's not giving up the ball. You know, he's not he's not throwing interceptions. He's never he, he's had more touchdowns than interceptions, but that number's gone down in a, in a sense. Like I said, they, they're playing him at tempo, which makes him a dangerous quarterback because he likes to play at tempo. He likes to play, you know, <laughs> lack of a better word, balls to the wall. Um, so I mean, I like I like Auburn in this game. I think Auburn will win this game. I think he'll win this game. I think Auburn will win this game pretty handily. Um, in Starkville. Mississippi State, I mean, this is a great matchup. This is a great matchup, not only for Auburn, but for Mississippi State as well. Mississippi State, can they get past the hump? Can they get over the hump? That two and two hump that they're on. Will they will they will they make six wins? This is a big this is a big matchup for for Mississippi State as well, because they've got they've got a heavy, heavy schedule in the next couple of weeks. And I think that if they can get things going, they can get the six wins. They may even get the seven wins. Um I just I, I like what I, I just like what I see. I like what I saw from from Mississippi State before. And you know, it, it, it's gonna be a challenge for Mississippi State to get back to where they were. Um but I think that they'll get back. I don't think it'll be this year. I think it'll be next year. But a two and two Mississippi State team is just as dangerous as a as a three and two Auburn game, a three and two Auburn team. And Auburn can't take them for granted. They just can't. And um, I mean, they just can't. Now you know we look at Mississippi State schedule coming up in the next few weeks. You know. They've got an Auburn. They've got a, they've got Auburn this week. They got a, they're at BYU at a rebuilding BYU under a new coach. Um, then then they come back. They're at Kentucky, and then they have Sanford. But then November fifth is probably the toughest stretch for them. The month of November is probably the toughest stretch for for Mississippi State. But a, a win over Auburn could set them up. For big for big things to happen, they could they could easily be eight and four with their schedule the way it is. They can easily be six and six with the way their schedule is. This is the same thing with Auburn. Auburn could be six and six if they don't get this win. This is a big litmus test for. Both teams. So it's a good thing Auburn has we start getting their schedule because. They go through a gauntlet as well. 
You have, you know, all Auburn. And they have a home at Ole Miss. They have a pretty good Van team who's still giving up games that they shouldn't be giving up. And then you're at Georgia. We don't know what Georgia is because Georgia's a Jekyll and Hyde team. So we're looking at we're looking at favorable schedules for both for teams, but they've got to get past each other first to get there. And with Auburn, I think Auburn can can get there. I think they can get eight wins now if they keep it going. If they keep it moving the way that they're moving, they they keep training upward like the, like they're training. This is this is a good litmus test, not only for Sean White, but for for the team as a whole. So. Let's see if Sean White can get that first passing touchdown in SEC play. You know, he got seven touchdowns. <laughs> He's got seven touchdowns. So, like, one or two interceptions. But he hasn't thrown a touchdown in SEC play this season. So, that tells me that, A, they need to put the ball up a little bit more. In SEC play, and B, they need to trust their they need to trust their, their guys a little bit more. You know, so I mean, I like Auburn. Auburn, I think will win. They'll win by at least they'll win by at least a touchdown, maybe two, if they can get it going. Another game that I like: Florida Rosedale Trophy, Iowa, Minnesota. Minnesota is Minnesota for me, three and one. This is a big game for them in the Big Ten West. The only loss comes to comes from Western Michigan, who Western Michigan is just their world beater right now. They're probably the the second or third best mid major school in the in the nation. A hot head coach, a guy who's finally putting it together as a head coach. Excuse me, in former Northern Iowa wide receiver, I'm sorry, Northern Illinois wide receiver, PJ Flick. The way he's doing, the way that he's doing it there, at Western Michigan, is the same kind of way that Kurt Ferentz has, has done it at Iowa. He had people buying in. So, not only did he have people buy in, but he's a Hayden Fry clone. I mean, pretty much. I mean, we look at. We look at Kurt Ferentz and see what he's done over 18 years, over 150 wins. You know, multiple guys and going to the draft, multiple guys, multiple guys in drafted, multiple guys playing in the league. I mean, this is this is one of those games that they can make or break their season. Iowa three and two, two costly losses. One to North Dakota State at home. And the other was in conference. So we look at we look at Iowa and we like, wow, they're down this year. They're down. They're down. No, there's nothing down about them. To be honest with you. I mean, every every school goes through this phase where you ha- where you know things happen, and this ranks true for Iowa. Iowa is starting to recycle again. They're starting to to build up. And next season, they have a quarterback from the state of Texas that's coming in that is probably one of the best quarterbacks in the state of Texas that's not being recruited by anybody else. 
So that just further lets me know that I will we'll go find we'll go find diamonds in the rough. And that's the way that they do things. Minnesota on the other hand, Tracy Clays has got has got things right it there. He's got things on the right track. The thing about Minnesota is is that they have a tough stretch coming up in the next couple of weeks, in the next few weeks. And for them to be successful in the next couple of weeks in the in the in the Big Ten West, they've got they've got to go on the road. And you know, you've got a really good Maryland team, you've got a really good you got you got a Rutgers team who who's really close is really close to to riding that ship. And then you've got a big conference game against Illinois. Illinois is about a year away. Um, and they've got some recruits coming in that season as well. You're at, you're at Purdue, who's very troubled. Then you have Nebraska, Northwestern, and then you end the season with Wisconsin. This, this sets up for Minnesota to run it to – at least have a chance to run the table, to get nine, ten wins, to get that elusive twelve, to get that elusive twelfth league championship. Go to go to Indianapolis and try to win that 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 twelfth league championship. This their schedule sets up so perfectly for them, and it's the same way with Iowa. Iowa's schedule sets up perfectly for them as well. I mean, Minnesota this week, Purdue next week. Wisconsin the week after. Then we Penn State, Michigan, Illinois, Nebraska. We look at the look at all the look at all this to say. I look at all that to say this. You look at what Minnesota does and how they handle things during the year. If we look at what I was done this year, you know, big losses to, I mean, lost to North Dakota State, and then you lose again, and then you lose again to Rutgers. I mean, you've got so much, you've got so much talent there. That it really behooves me to, to think why are you why are you struggling this year? Then we look at the offensive line. We, we look and see that they've had they have a young offensive line. They have two new they have three new offensive linemen. You know they've got a running back that that they're trying to they're trying to mold. <clears throat> you got a quarterback who doesn't have time in the pocket. So then you have a defense that's that's totally rebuilding. So I mean, you you've got all these different intangibles that's going on with this team right now, and everybody thinks everybody thinks that this is this is you know this is a down year. This is a down year for for Iowa. This is a down year for for the Big Ten as a whole. But that doesn't mean that the Big Ten isn't back to where they used to be because the status quo is back. This is the the missions of Ohio State over the world. I mean, you're back. You're totally back. So you can't really see that the Big Ten's the Big Ten's down. And I've heard that argument a couple times, and that's how I bring that up because you get some matchups this week 
this is a showcase week for. I mean, I looked at this, I looked at this in the preview, and I also said that this would be a showcase week for for the Big Ten, and lo and behold, it is a showcase week for the Big Ten. <laughs> big matchups that have turned matchups that have turned into big matchups. They have playoff implications all over them. Then you have matchups that that you didn't you didn't see coming. Like I mean, like we can definitely go and look at while we're while we're talking about this, we look at Maryland Penn State. This is this has got playoff implications all over it. Because Maryland's undefeated. Maryland's got some big team got some big games coming up in the in the East. I mean, and they run through a gauntlet. Does that mean that that Maryland can can make it through? Maryland's got to play Michigan and Michigan State. Michigan, Maryland's got to play Michigan, Michigan State, a good Indiana team, a good Ohio State team, a good Nebraska team. Do I think Maryland can they get through unscathed? It will take two hopes. Three prayers, two biscuits, a three piece. Do I need to go on? I mean, <laughs> it, it will take a lot for Maryland to go undefeated. Does that mean that do I do I say that because they will go undefeated? No, I say that because they need not only the help of of their fans, not only the help of of the players, <laughs> but they need divine intervention, and that, that that's just that's just bottom line. <laughs> that's just that's just it. I mean, that's just it. I mean, divine intervention. I mean, that that's basically what it's gonna come down to. But I like Maryland against Penn State. Penn State's down, but does that mean that Penn State? Can't can't win the same. Yeah, they can win the same. This is a new game in Happy Valley, or as Norman Chad calls it, <laughs> of a uh, World Series of ESPN World Series of Poker fame, Unhappy Valley. Because there's a little bit of unrest there. There's a little bit of, of restlessness there. You can tell because the team's not performing the way that they they should be performing, and I and I like. I like Maryland. I really do. I think DJ Jerkin is a great coach. I think he's a great defensive coordinator. I think that's what they needed at Maryland. Time level. They haven't been at the big time level since they left the ACC. When they went back-to-back, went to back-to-back orange balls. This is how good this team can be. It's how good this team could possibly be. Maryland could make it to to near the sixth game. Provided they win the games they should win, and provided they get some luck going on their side, this is like I said. Maryland's not a bad team. Maryland wasn't a bad team last year. They just ran into a lot of injuries, a lot of bad luck, and that was like that two years in a row. And it really, it's really sad that we're talking about Penn State in this sense. Like they're 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 not as good as they used to be. No, they're not as good as they used to be, because 
when you have Temple, when you have Rutgers, when you have Pittsburgh all going after the same kids in the state, it kind of makes you look like you're the third or fourth pillar in the, in the, in the, in the Northeast. Maryland comes up in that area and they recruit very well up there as well. But the thing about the thing about Maryland, the thing about Iowa, the thing about Minnesota is these are all well, I wouldn't call Iowa an upstart. Minnesota, I mean Minnesota hasn't really been relevant in won a national championship in 1961. We look at Minnesota. This is a big over-the-hump game. They can win this game over Iowa, take back the Florida Rosedale. This would set them up for two nine-and-three, 8-4 type season. This is how good and how great both Jerry Kill and Tracy Clays have done with this team. I root for Minnesota in this game. I think Minnesota has a chance to win this game simply because offensively they've got a they've got an experienced quarterback in Mitch Leitner. They've got veteran offensive linemen. They've got veteran receivers. Really good defense, and they're playing with a purpose. They're they're not playing with that big old monkey on their back. They're playing with a purpose. They're playing like a team of Dare I say destiny? I mean, dare I say that? I mean, this could this could set Minnesota up with a showdown in the in the West with Nebraska coming up later in the season. No, no, no Nebraska later in the season and Wisconsin later in the season. If they can get past, if they can get past Iowa tonight and went this afternoon and get that Florida Rosedale, that that's that is. That is paramount. It's an ESPN two game is a noon game. The Maryland Penn State game that's a noon game. That's that's on BTN. I mean, if you have these, if you have these channels, please watch these games very closely because I'm telling you, like a lot of these games are going to be just just beautiful games, just excellent games. You know, got a moment. The LSU Florida game. A lot of people are very, very angry about this, about this because about the Florida game, about the Florida, about the Florida LSU game. Well, they did it there. You know, yeah, there's a couple of options that, that Florida could have did. Yeah. I know Barrett Saleh, Barrett Sally has pretty much, you know. Made made his voice known and said, "This is bigger than football." Well, yeah, maybe bigger than football. But when you have a chance to move, you have a chance to move the game one way. We have the chance to move the game another way. I.e., what Georgia and South Carolina did. You know, moving that game from from a noon kickoff today to a 2.30 kickoff tomorrow. I mean, there was opportunities for Florida and LSU to do that. 
there was also an opportunity for Florida and LSU to play that game Thursday night as well, which um, which was talked about on Monday. This was talked about Monday night, moving this game to Thursday. And that would have been a CBS game on Thursday night. CBS would have not, would have moved the, would have made that, the uh, Thursday night football game, you know, an NFL network exclusive just to have the Florida LSU game at 8 o'clock on Thursday night. This was something that was talked about. Jeremy Foley dropped the ball on that. You know, this was something that I was talking about. You know, we even talked about making this game Saturday, Sunday at, at Sunday at like um, having a Georgia game was moved from 12 o'clock to 2.30 on, on, on Sunday. And then you had um, then like, you know, you're, you're saying that this is going to be very hard on you. It's going to be very hard on you schedule-wise. You know, but here's the thing. They both have a game on November 19th against non-conference foes. Jeremy Foley is smart. This game needs to be played. This game really needs to be played. Either you play the game on November 19th, I mean, because LSU plays Presbyterian, I think, or South Alabama and Florida plays Presbyterian, or it may be back. I may have it backwards, but they both have one. You know, either way it goes, they do have time to do buyouts or move those games or pay those teams money to move those games to another date or to another time, to another time, to another schedule. I just think I think it behooves me to think that Jeremy Foley did this on purpose. A lot of people say, well, this, that, the third. You know, hey, this is more than just football. And, it, and I agree with Barry uh, Barrett Sally from this, from this standpoint. This is about more than football. This is about people who may have potentially lost houses, may have potentially um, had damage from the storm. I mean, it's more than football. It's more than football, and, 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 and he's exactly right. And I, I can't disagree with that because I feel very, very bad for those people involved in, in Florida, South Florida, and um, along that Florida, along the Atlantic coast of Florida. I'm very happy that that a lot of those cities and towns got unscathed due to you know only thing that's really happened to them in that in that area is. Is a lot of down trees, a lot of down power lines. You know, nothing structural has has happened. But like I said, this this is more than football for LSU Florida. This is more than football for for most. And and uh, you know, I, I'm I'm really sad, and it really it really bothers me that people actually say things like that. It really does. I mean, it really does. But, you know, they do it just just to do it. But, you know, we're going to take a quick station break. We'll be right back. Man, we're going you know, to get back into some, into some college football. We're going to talk about the 3.30 game, the showcase game, the 3.30. 
uh, Tennessee, Texas, Texas A&M. We'll be right back. People still searching for this truth here. Columbus, Georgia. 
what it do for you. What it do for you. It made me cold. Made me cold. So I guess I'm a soldier. Raised in my city with women selling pussy for fifty and searching nothing they never had, and that word is love. And Fane said he putting all that white inside they piping as they like they try to feel that love. And little niggas dying on some block. He ain't even have to hustle. All he wanted was to shine. Should've been bumping a hundred miles and running when I told him I grinded. Yo, grinding my shine was to your shine, nigga. Look within your mind, nigga. When you see that light, that in the glow, that be your shine, nigga. Even if nobody else don't see it, as long as you can see it, that should be your main ambition to go out and really be just what you dreamed up. Can't be a sequel of my father's life. I'm out that man about a month ago. He ain't living right. Damn, he was a big time dope dealer Like father, like son, guess that's why I spit this dope nigga Boss, that's what's in front of my uncle Lack of cash made him hunger, but got caught up in the jungle Yeah, that's word to Marcel, rise above by themselves I'll be 20 when you get out, I plan to have some males That was my goal for Dominique, but guess it just wasn't time In 15 years, they finally came No more waiting in line for them visits, them phone calls I used to play you my beats, sometimes I didn't know what to say Cause you was trapped, I was free Marquise wine glass, Columbus Georgia, revving that H, y'all.
Yo, it's crazy how we first met I seen your swag and instantly fell in love with you Got me a job and then broke you off with my first check Never was jealous, I even went to the club with you It's kinda funny how we watch things now Went from love at first sight to try to knock me down All this love we used to have when it will not be found I was learning how to swim, you'd rather watch me drown But see, I, I know you know it, we won't get into it See, everything I'm doing now My name is Jermaine. The main event is in the building, and it's just a great day for college football, ain't it? I mean, good fall day, good fall weather. I mean, ESPN college game days at, at Kyle Field and College Station, Texas, and Alabama's at home against against Arkansas tonight. Big top twenty matchup there. I mean, so many games going, so many big games going on today. And we're just going to jump right back into it, man. And 
big matchup for me in the in the Big Ten East, and a lot of people are are really sleeping on this Indiana Hoosiers team. I think. Do I think Indiana's going to beat Ohio State today? No, but this Indiana team, the way that they the way that they play this season is is unlike any other team, any other games that you've seen. I mean, the three and one, the lone loss was the Ball State. I'm sorry, the lone loss was the uh, Wake Forest. I'm sorry, no, it was Ball State. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The lone loss was the Ball State, and this is a really good Indiana. This is a good Indiana team. Don't get me wrong. And the thing about Indiana is this: Indiana. We all know Indiana to be a, a a basketball school, but Coach Kevin Wilson, former Oklahoma offensive coordinator, has brought in a different culture to Indiana. He's taken them to a couple bowl games. He's done things in six years that most did not expect him to do. He's got Indiana on the cusp of being a top 25 team. He's got Indiana on the cusp of being of being one of those moving from what we call the bottom feeders of the a bottom feeder of the Big Ten up to the mid-level status. And you cannot go wrong with this. Because you see what the late Terry Hepner did when he came when he came there from from Miami of Ohio. He brought a, he brought a sense of passion. He brought a sense of, of how can I put it? He brought a sense of of I mean he just brought he just he just, he just brought something special to Indiana. That you just don't see, you don't see at other places. You know, John Cougar Mellencamp, who's an Indiana native, you know, put his own money into getting the stadium the way that it is now. I mean, this is a this is a really this is a this is a, a good Indiana team that's on the cusp of being something really really good, something really good. The thing about Indiana is that they play in a I mean the thing about Indiana is it's a relatively weak football state. Just because I mean because a lot of a lot of the kids play basketball. That's not to say that, that the football is not great in Indiana because I've seen some Indiana football players do a lot of good things. No, we forget about we forget about some of the some of these kids that that are in, that are in some of these big um, the bigger programs in the in the Big Ten. Um, there was a kid from from uh, from the Indianapolis area who played at who played at um, Morgan Newton who played at um, Kentucky. You know, so there's been some really good good players to come out of the state of Indiana. Like, don't get me wrong, but just haven't seen that that level jump up as much as you've seen in other places, um, like Kentucky, like like places like that. That's the thing with Indiana and Ohio, Illinois, Michigan, places like that. There's a lot of 
there's not enough in-state talent. And that's that's the whole, that's the big problem. There's not enough in-state talent. And they don't recruit nationwide like other schools do. I mean, they they recruit Florida pretty good. Like a lot of the big city schools, they recruit Florida pretty good. They recruit Texas pretty good. You know, i.e. Drew Brees. Um, that rival Purdue. But, you know, when you look at the grand scheme of it, Indiana is just a basketball school, but they're growing. Ohio State is Ohio State, no matter what you do, no matter how you put it. Ohio State is just a great all-around school because, you know, it's a big state. They can pull from anywhere. They're nationwide. They can recruit nationwide. So that just tells you a lot about the the level of player from Ohio State to Indiana. I mean, yeah, I'm talking up Indiana a little bit. And would I say that, that Ohio State's on upset alert? If they play like they played against Michigan State last year, then yes. But if they're playing like they've been playing the whole season against anybody they played, the the Oklahomas, the Bowling Greens, the Tulsas, you know, teams like that, they should blow Indiana out of the water. And we look at that, and, and everybody's like, yeah, this is true, this is true. They should blow them out of the water. But if they don't play the way that they play, that they played all the way up to this to this point in the season, we could be talking upset alert for Indiana. We could be talking upset alert. But I won't I won't say that and I'm not going to put that out there because I don't really think that this will be an upset. I think that Ohio State's gonna handle business. I think Ohio State's gonna put some big, big things on the board. I mean, gonna put some big points on the board. Um, you know, think they're favored by like forty thirty or forty in this game. So I'm I'm really excited to see what's gonna happen. Moving forward, another three thirty game that everybody's talking about: Virginia Tech, North Carolina. Question is, can Virginia Tech sustain the three and one start under new head coach, under new head coach Justin Fuente? Can North Carolina maintain this momentum from that from that win last week against Florida State? This this is a really good matchup of offensive offensive wheels and defensive guys. Both of these guys, both of these teams, run their offenses. They're different but similar. You know, Virginia Tech's a run based offense. They they will line up in some power. They will line up in some shotgun. They'll they'll put they'll try to put points on the board as any way they can. North Carolina, they're high flying. They'll throw the ball all over the play, all over the, all over the yard. They'll also run the ball all over the yard. You know, you got some good receivers. I mean, the pros, the um, Johnsons, and players like that. I mean, and then you got a really good running back. You know, with a quarterback in Mitch Trubisky, who who's just lights out, who played lights out last week, and then the kicking game. For me, Matt Waller probably one probably is one of the strongest led 
has the strongest legs of anybody in the ACC. And he showed that last week with that long field goal to win that game against Florida State. This is a good game. This is a really fun game to watch. It's a 3.30 game on ABC. I, I, I'm excited to watch this game. I'm excited to watch this game as I am excited about watching the next game that we'll talk about in just a few moments. This is a game for me. It's going to be a battle of wills. And ACC, it's going to be a test in the ACC. And I like this because we look at Virginia Tech and we look at what, how they're going to do post-Frank Beamer. And actually, they're doing pretty dang good, you know, post-Frank Beamer. But Foster's still there. He's still there as the defensive coordinator. You know, he's showing what he can do as a, as a head coach, as a, as a defense coordinator. I mean, we're looking at, we're looking at a really good test match here. I mean, I say that from, I say that because you got two really good defense coordinators. You got two really good offensive minds as, as head coaches. Larry Fedor, you know, former former offensive coordinator at, at Oklahoma State, former uh, Southern Miss head football coach. I mean, he's got, he's got, like, these guys have great football minds. And the main thing for these two teams to do is they've got to stay disciplined in their they got to stay disciplined in the, in their in the in their approaches to each other defensively you know North Carolina has to run likes to run the horizontal game to get vertical if you can protect your edges if you're if you're Virginia Tech and when North Carolina goes up the middle. You protect your edges and you have those linebackers reading the defense the way that they should. This is going to be a really good matchup of, of wheels. This is going to be a really good matchup of wheels. And it's going to be whoever cracks first is going to win this game. Whoever cracks first is going to lose this game. Whoever gets that turnover, that big turnover, it's going to, they're going to, it's going to impact the game in ways that that you can never imagine. This is a big matchup. You know, it's a big matchup in the ACC period. I mean, you look at North Carolina's schedule, and you look and you look and see what North Carolina's got coming up in the next couple of weeks. I mean, they've got some big matchups coming up. I mean, Miami's looming. I mean, Miami's in their division. They're looming. Um, you know, Miami's in that division. They're looming for them in the next couple of weeks. Uh, well, actually, next week. I mean, that's a big matchup, and you know, we 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 look at we can't look North Carolina can't look past Virginia Tech to Miami next week. The same way that Miami can't look past Florida State next week. We'll talk about that game later uh, before we before we get off before we get off the air as well. This this is a big matchup. These are big matchups, and. This is showcase week. This is almost this is the first this is the first matchup to me. The first weekend of matchups where every game that's in the top twenty five or every game that's in the top twenty five or every game 
that has a top 10 team in it has implications. I mean, this is, this is, I wouldn't call it judgment week just yet, but I wouldn't call this week judgment week, but I would call this statement Saturday because this is what this is. This, these are, these are where schools have to make statements. And one of those schools that's like a big statement is North Carolina. <laughs> Excuse me. They have to make sure that they put themselves in a position to where they're getting looked at. Because this game could easily be a 8 o'clock game next week if North Carolina can get past Virginia Tech, Florida State get past Miami gets past Florida State. This is all this is all just excellent football just just playing right now. Now we talk about the other three thirty game. We talk about the other three thirty games. Texas A and M, Tennessee. I, I, I'm gonna have so much fun with this matchup. This, this is gonna be a high scoring matchup from start to finish. Thing about it is Tennessee cannot. They cannot. Absolutely. Cannot. 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 And I'm going to emphasize the word cannot start slow against AM. Because AM will put them put them under Kyle Field. You have too good of a defense for AM for them not to come back. This is the thing with AM, with, with Texas AM as opposed to other teams that, that Tennessee's played. They don't have great defenses. This is one of those games where if AM gets off to a good start, AM gets that defense going, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. And that, that that's pretty much all you can really say about that because that's what's gonna happen. It is gonna get ugly. And it's going to get ugly real fast, real quick. And Tennessee cannot, they cannot do that. I mean, even though they're built to be a, a come-from-behind team, as, as we, you know, as we, as we've seen the, across the season, this is not, this is not the time to play with, with, with your luck right now. And even though I like, I, I mean, I personally think that A&M should beat Tennessee. But I would, I mean, don't get me wrong. Tennessee can, can win this game. They've got, they've got the remedy, to, they've got the remedy to all the, all the things that they've done this season. They've got to get off to a fast start. There's no doubt about that. They've got to get off to a, to a better start. They've got to be more focused defensively. they got to play the game like they've been playing the game. That That's just the bottom line. That's just the way that, that has to go, especially with Tennessee. I mean, Tennessee, they're, they're, they're too good of a team to play the way that they play. And that's just the way that goes. But I like I like Ole Miss. I like Texas A&M. Trevor Knight is just doing an outstanding job. Christian Kirk, um, Ricky Seals-Jones, um, Speedy Noel, those guys, I mean, you got past, you got playmakers all over the field. Short passes, short passes turn into seventy-yard touchdowns. I mean, 
This is a big, big matchup between two really good heavyweights of, of college football. I mean, they're not quite the royalty that that the USC's, the Ohio State's, the Michigan's are, but they're on that cusp of being of being those teams. You know, this is how good this this game could be. Both teams are five and zero. Both teams can get themselves bowl eligible. You know. Both teams get themselves bowl eligible. Both teams get themselves one step closer to a to a New Year's to a New Year's Six bowl. Both of these schools get closer to a playoff spot, playing themselves into a playoff spot. We have to look at it from that standpoint. Tennessee has to look at it from from that standpoint because if they don't, they're gonna get beat up. They're gonna get they're gonna get just waylaid, and they have to play within themselves. I mean, this could be a defensive struggle. This could be this could be just an absolute blowout if you look at it from that standpoint. So you have to you have to really just just imagine what could happen in in that in this three and a half hours. You know, another another matchup that everybody's talking about. You know, Colorado's Colorado's ranked for the first time in a very long time, four and one. You know, you've gone you've gone to Michigan and you you've given Michigan a scare. You've beaten you've beaten Oregon at Austin. You've beaten um I mean I mean you you've beaten Oregon at Austin. You've beaten um Washington State. I mean you beat Washington State handling, you gave Michigan a scare. I mean, you, this is a really good Colorado team that has finally turned the corner. You know, they're finally starting. I mean, they're starting to recruit nationwide again, like they used to back in the back in the nineties, early two thousands, um, under Dan McCartney. Under you know, by that scrutiny that that Colorado's been through with all the different um, distractions that they've had over the year over the course of a few years. You know, this is a really good Colorado team. Can they beat USC? Of course. USC is they're struggling right now. And it's sad to see USC struggle, but A D Lynch won um athletic coordinator Lynch won is he's got the pulse of, of the USC Trojans. And I think he's possibly positioning himself to be to be one of the <laughs> One of the best, you know, that make this make this one of the best jobs in America. Clay Helton is just he's he's just a he's just a body. I mean, that's the way I look at that. He's just a body to me. I mean, I don't think that he's he's the actual man for the job. I thought Coach Ogeron was the man for the job, but you know, of course, he's doing his thing over at over at LSU now as the as the uh, interim head coach. You know, this is a guy. Who had a head coaching job at 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 Ole Miss? He it was it was a bad thing. It was a bad situation for for him there because I mean, he really couldn't get things going recruiting wise, and and it just it just didn't it just didn't make for you know for him to to be there. I mean, like he was a last resort kind of guy anyway. So I mean, it's a sad thing to say about him, but. I think now that he's gotten now that he's gotten some experience, you know, with 
now he's got some experience with with the interim coaching at um, at USC. You know, he he. I think he can finally get himself a head coaching job. I think that LSU job could be could be that job for him. I mean, it could be that job for him. So let's just. Let's just put it. Let's just put it in that perspective, and um, this could be the job for him. I actually like him at LSU. I mean, he could be. He could be one of the best players. At, uh, he could be one of the best things to happen to LSU. He's a master recruiter. He he can recruit. But nonetheless, I mean, you drop the ball. You know, you can't the ball. And but. Switches on, I guess. Moving on. And, you know, we talk about, you know, another top 20 clash, Alabama at Arkansas. Big matchup. Big, big matchup. Um, this game has has implications in it as well. You know, you have a 4-1 Arkansas team against a 5-0 Alabama team. Jalen Hurts, just a big time, just – He's he's absolutely just big time. Um, he's probably one of those guys you didn't think would be a great guy, a great a great a great player in the SEC, but he he's showing people what he can do, and that that's scary because he's having to prove himself day in and day out. Here's the thing about here's the thing about Arkansas. You've got great players in Arkansas, at Arkansas, but can they put it together and beat Alabama for the first time in seven years? I, this is the best chance for them to do it. Do I think they'll do it? This is gonna be a closer this is gonna be a closer than expected game for Alabama. This is this has got like I said if Alabama can get that running game going they and then they, they let Dylan Hurts go running the ball, giving him run pass options. This this Alabama team could blow can blow Arkansas out of the water, but the thing about Arkansas is if Arkansas can play within themselves, get their running game going, get their passing game going, get the get the big stops that they need on the defensive side of the ball, and have that happen to them. This could be this could be a special special game, for not only for for Arkansas, but for the SEC West as a whole. This could blow the SEC up out of the water. This could make the SEC West wide open. And that means that LSU's back in it. That means that Auburn, well, Auburn with one loss is, is, is still, is always in it. This is opens up the big, this is opens up the, the SEC West in ways that we can never imagine. Do I think it's going to happen? I, 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 I'm, I'm leaning toward no. 
I, I really am. I'm leaning toward no. I think Alabama's just too strong. I think they're. I think they're. They finally got the ship right at, in the secondary. After after five games, this is this is a this is a good Alabama team that could roll over could roll over Arkansas. I just really think they could roll over Arkansas. That's a big time matchup. You know, we talk about another matchup. Seven o'clock game, ESPN two, Michigan Rutgers. Rutgers. Rutgers is is a favorite to lose this game by thirty. <laughs> Michigan can win this game and win this game big. And when I say big, they could they could absolutely they, they, they oh this could this could be really ugly. This could be really ugly, and this could hurt the psyche of Rutgers, who just had a big win, a big monumental win a couple weeks ago. So this could hurt them in a, in a sense. Then you also look at, I mean, I just think Michigan is way too strong. Defensively, offensively, that Peppers guy, I'm just going to say that Peppers guy, he's just, yeah, just, mm-hmm. I mean, that's all I can say about it. Another another game that everybody wants to talk about, you know, big rivalry game. Oregon, Washington, Austin Stadium. Can can Oregon write the ship? This Washington team is that This Washington team is probably as good as advertised. And and that's just that's just the bottom line. You got you got a great running back. You've got some you've got some receivers that can catch the ball. You got a defense that's not afraid to get after you. This is this is a good Washington team. They really good Washington team. And they finally got it together under Chris Peterson. And you know, the running joke with Chris Peterson was, will he get a hundred wins or ten losses first? You know, this is a guy who won over hundred and ten games. You know, won close to eleven games in, in in every season except for the first three seasons that he's been here at, at Washington. You know, this is a learning curve for him. But he is he is probably one of the premier coaches in college football that's not Nick Saban, that's not Mike D'Antonio. He's probably one of the best football coaches oh, you know, that, that nobody's really heard of. It really is. He's that good. He's that good. And I really like what he's done with with this Washington team. He recruits the Northwest so well. He's kept a lot of in-state talents in-state. In and he recruits Montana and Idaho probably just as well as Montana, Montana State, Idaho. I mean, Montana, Montana State, Boise, and, and, um, and Idaho State do in, in that area. That's that's how good he is. That's how good of a coach he is. And he knows what he wants. He's gonna get it. He's gonna get it out of his team. And that just makes me just just really, really. I'm I'm really interested to see this matchup as well. But I, I think Washington win. I think Washington win easily. You know, but there's so many playmakers on this Oregon side of the ball. You know they shouldn't be two and three. Dakota Prukup is he's playing solid, but once again the defense is showing is showing that ugly side again. You know, Brady Hoke is 
He's been brought in to to right the ship at Oregon, and he hasn't quite done that yet because not a lot of the a lot of the players haven't haven't bought in yet. But once they do buy in, oh my goodness, this could be this could be the Oregon team that we've seen that we had saw in the past. So, I mean, don't sleep on Oregon. I mean, Oregon can Oregon get the upset? Of course. Do I think they will? Defensively, they've got too many. They've got too many, too many holes in that defense. This is gonna be a closer than expected game because it's that awesome to me. But I think Washington will win this game. I think Washington will win this game by two touchdowns. I'll just put it that way. I think two touchdowns will probably be the way to go. You know. Then we talk about. Then we look at probably probably the best matchup of the night. Again, Florida State Miami. We look at Florida State, Charles Taylor in that defense. Charles Taylor's defense is, is not as good as, as, as it could be. Um, we look at Miami. We look at the defense. We look at the offense they have. You know, Brad Kaya has, has, has a rebirth of sorts, um, if you think about it. It's a rebirth. Um, he's finally learning how to be a quarterback. He's finally being a guy who can who can show you who can be shown to be a quarterback. And that's the thing that really that really gets me is like he he is very very he's very very coachable, and that's all that he really wants. He. I mean, I just, mm, 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 mm. I, I'm, I'm just, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, I'm very excited. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I, I just want to see this matchup. Now, I want to see what what Miami can do as a top ten team. It's the first time in a long time that they've been ranked higher than Florida State, and. Florida State is just hanging on to the top twenty-five by three. They're zero and two in the conference. I mean, they're zero and two in the conference. They're they're giving up a lot of points. It's Charles Taylor, the guy to lead that defense. I, I I mean, he may be on his way out if if they give up forty something points to Miami tonight. He may be on his way out if they lose tonight. So, um, I, I just think that there's a lot of there's a lot of things that 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 needs to be fixed at Florida State. The defense is one of them, and I'm really excited to see what's going to happen in this matchup. Miami, Florida is going to be rocking. I think it's going to be a full house at my at at the Hard Rock Stadium. Uh, renovations are done to the stadium. It's a beautiful facility again. Um, so I mean, I'm really excited to see what's going to happen. I really am. But. We're going to take a quick station break. We'll be right back. We're going to come back, talk about some more football um, and some and some high school football from last night. Y'all stay tuned. Thank you. 
my man Kid Retro. We we're gonna celebrate a birthday this weekend, uh this, during the weekend. Um my man Mr. Kid Retro has a birthday this week has his birthday this weekend, uh just wanna send an early happy birthday to him. Uh also special shout out to my man T Rex, uh, the admin Wendy, Cordy uh DJ EA, Casey, everybody that's involved with the Live by Tennis Network. Um Got a new venture going on right now. Uh, we'll talk about that a little. We'll talk about that in the next coming weeks. Um, but um, just it's just a big time for the network, and uh, we got an anniversary coming up, and uh, so uh, you'll hear about that in the next couple in the next couple of days as well. But um, we're gonna jump into some into some football scores from last night and. Uh, Pepperbrook beat Campbell last night. This is from the state of Georgia. Pepperbrook beat Campbell last night, 19 to 14. Uh, Westlake, big region win over East Coweta, 37 uh, 34. Noonan, uh, Noonan, a loser to Wheeler, also in region action, 19 uh, 17. Hero Girl beat North Paulding in, in, the, in the rivalry game there, 31 28. Uh, that was a region three, 6A or 7A opener for both teams as well. Uh, Marietta beat Kennesaw Mountain uh, 42 to seven. Uh, the game last night that was on GPB uh, here in the state of Georgia that was statewide. McEachin beat North Cobb 17 to 10, and and that was a that was a real defensive battle. I actually watched that game as well. Um, Roswell, the number one team in the state of Georgia 7A, uh, beat Lassiter in in a big region big region uh, four matchup as well, 45 to 14. Uh, Forsyth, big Forsyth rivalry. Forsyth Central um, and North Forsyth NOFO winning that game 28 to 15. Uh, go through go through some of the other scores. Collins Hill beat Duluth 38 to 18. Mill Creek got a big win over Discovery High School. Discovery High School is a new school in, in uh, Gwinnett County. They won that game 62 to nothing. Um, Brookwood beat Meadow Creek 54 to nothing. Parkview Put up, put up 63 on Lakeside to cap. The it's a big matchup there in the next couple of weeks. Parkview Brookwood uh, next couple of weeks. Archer is back on the way, shooting 42 to nothing. Grayson, Grayson beat Shiloh in that region opener, uh, 70 to six. Whoo! Um, number one in 6A actually went down. One 6A is probably one of the best reasons. In the state of Georgia, other than one seven a, I go back and forth with with um, John Nelson of, of GPB every weekend about this, and and um, and and I'm starting to I'm starting to buy into to the whole thing right now. What he says about one six a and one seven a, one seven a is one six a and one seven a probably the two best conferences in in, in, in probably the two best. Regions in the state of Georgia, probably the two deepest regions in all the country. Um, Houston County, number one in six A, went down to Lee County, fifty-five to twenty-nine. And um, Jake Fromm had a big night, had a big night, but also had a big night uh, with turnovers as well. Six interceptions, uh, actually eight total uh, turnovers for Houston County last night. As they played Lee County at, in Leesburg, and um, 55-29 was that final score. 
But Austin beat Northside Warner Robins fourteen to six. In another another game, you know, with implications in there. Uh, Valdosta is now six and one, and they got they got a couple more games to go. Uh, they've just put themselves in, into that driver's seat for the region. Uh, still got to play Houston County later on in the season, but um, hopefully DPB will be there as well. Um, moving on down down the line here, Northgate big winner over over New Manchester fifty four to six Alatuna. Winning uh, thirty-five to fourteen, Alatuna, they're finally riding the ship after losing the two five-four-A schools um, in Cartersville and um, um, two two four two five region five-four-A schools uh, in back-to-back weeks. So that's a big win for for Alatuna, defending defending five-A state champions. Uh, John Creek, a big winner over over Chattahoochee. Uh, Forty nine to nineteen. That that's also a, a, a big rivalry game in in uh, North Fulton County. Gainesville High School beat Haversham Central twenty four to seven. Lanier beat Winder Barrow the Bulldogs, and that's with two G's. Um, <laughs> lose to Lanier thirty four to twenty one. Um, Thomas County Central gets a big win over Warner Robins thirty three to twenty two. Ware County uh, Ware County's game with East Lake. Florida was canceled due to Hurricane Matthew. Fayette County beat Matthews in a big. That's a big uh, rivalry game up in Fayette County. Uh, Fayette County beat Matthews seven to three. Uh, Mar- uh, Griffin and Morrow played. Griffin winning that game thirty six to six. Stars and Whitewater played last night. That's a that's another rivalry game in in. Um, in um, Fayette County, Whitewater went in that game, forty-five to thirty-seven. Um, Carrollton beat Villa Rica, uh forty-two thirteen. Buford, uh, number one in five A, beat Johnson of Gainesville, forty-eight to nothing. Loganville over Cart Central in overtime, forty-three to thirty-seven. Um, Mary Persons beat Upson Lee, twenty-four to nothing. Cartersville, number number one defending state champions in in uh in quad a, uh beat Lagrange last night fifty two to seven and um also in that region Central Carroll beat Cedartown uh Cedartown beat Central Carroll twenty six to sixteen and um Sandy Creek also in that region uh beats Chapel Hill forty seven to nineteen you know that that puts um. That puts my old high school, uh, troop high school, in the catbird seat with Cartersville, uh, with zero reason losses, and uh, got a, got some big weeks coming up uh, for troop high school next week. They play play a rivalry game against Lagrange, and then we end the season against against Cartersville. So uh, Trevor Lawrence again showing his showing his wares at. Um, at Carterville High School against against Lagrange and uh cannot wait to see that game, Carterville um troop game. I think that's got reason implications all over it. Oh here also a big shout out to to uh coach Tanner Glisson of the Troop High Tigers. Just a big just just big time matchups there abound 
uh, for everybody involved in, in, in Region 5-4A. Um, Peace County beat Central Macon 48 to nothing. Um, also in Alabama, um, look at some Alabama scores and the local the local teams around this area, man, I, I tell you, um, next week is going to be a big matchup. I'll be I'll be in Lafayette, Alabama next week. Uh, Lynette Lafayette, that's got region championship all over it. Uh, both teams, one loss. Both teams um, could easily uh, clinch the region with wins over over other teams and with some help. This is a big, big matchup between the between these two teams and the Lynette Lafayette, I will be there at Bulldog Stadium. Bulldog Nation, please stand up. Panther Nation, please come out and force. I mean, I'm expecting at least eight, nine thousand people to be at that state and be at that stadium. That's gonna be that's gonna be a big time matchup for everybody involved. Um just just again another big shout out to to GPB to to Fox Sports Southwest. Everyone that's involved with high school football as a whole um just uh, just a big thank you. I mean, without you guys this wouldn't be possible. You no know, high school football on on TV would not be possible. So but we're going to get up out of here, man. Join me next week. We're going to be talking going to be talking next week about um about a big matchups in college football again. Um be talking about UFC 205 204 um Reviewing that, uh, good luck to Dan Henderson tonight as he as he faces a guy in Michael Bisping. Um, so just excited to see that. So uh, with that being said, everybody have a great weekend. Get out, support your local teams, and do everything responsible. Tailgating. Yeah, man. Hey, yo, T, I think, uh, I think we can keep this one slow. Make it easy to ride to. Yeah. You know, sometimes I look around and I think, like, maybe I am out here on my own. Yeah. Gotta find something. You can't rescue me. Oh, I can't? You can't save me, no. But I can try, right? Yeah. But what then? You know that ain't so bad. Yeah. I told a girl I love her, you stand on your own. But you ain't gotta deal with these cameras alone. From the beginning, see, I learned how to manage my own. Became the boy, and then I turned to a man on my own. The lone wolf for the pack, moving through hella crap. Down to earth, so it's only natural I hold you down. Now you the one I picture when I roam around. And the summer I'm falling for you is going down. Yeah, staying stuck in this season of mine. And I've been shining to the point that my reason is blind. Think I'm the one that that's just something I'm reaching to find. Out of control, but yo, that shit that I still been denying. Yeah, the lights down, but we staying up. And looking back where I started, my only way is up. Way to the world, but I lived it before the weight is up. And still myself the one and only that I came to trust. Now that's some crazy luck. Yeah, let it rock.
but you want some soul shit. Yeah. Uh, and she just keeps saying. Oh, nah. You know what? Maybe you're right. But what you gonna do? Yeah. Yup. I never really thought realistic Cause when it comes to my vision, man, only I can see it Said only I can reach it And I'm just praying by the time that I'm gone I'll be hearing spirits so you can hear this Yeah, what these rappers stuck on the same product Tell them forget it, ain't hard to tell that they ain't got it Simple and plain, I'ma leave this world with my name on it Knowing it's easy to hate the plane when you ain't on it Friday, whipping through the horizon, my time and it's something better than it's ever been. They call me Wolfie from how I'm plying on hella biz. Hip hop's alive and I'm here to show you the evidence. Back to the wall where I started back in the day. I was pushing maximum effort and pulling minimum weight. Trying to show the all those around me that I can stand on my own. Now I swear I'm afraid of nothing. I'm screaming after the phone while I'm busy pulling my fam up an animal. How I ran up the standards of how we live it's funny they pull the camera. The picture how I'ma get it when years I've been in my zone and it's just how. I started by killing this on my own, my word is my bond, and I'm just out on my own.